welcome to episode 34 of Parkrun Adventurers. 34 is the number I have been telling people for my age for years, even before I was 34. Don't ask me why, it just, it's just stuck. I wonder how many more years it'll stick for. Welcome to the podcast, Scotty. Thanks, Mel. How old are you? In Parkrun years? Yeah, why not? <laughs> No, um, what year is this? I'm I'm 36. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Every year I think, what, what, what year is this? And that's how I figure out what my age is because I was born on a zero year. So I'm not actually going to turn 40 in 2020. I'm going to turn 20. No, I don't know. It's all a blur. <laughs> 34. 34 is the answer. 34 is the answer, yes. <laughs> I'm 34 too, it's great, it's a great age. It is a great age. I always encourage people to be 34. Have you had a good week? Yeah, still in party mode a little bit. Still in party mode? What were you partying for? It was the party weekend. Oh, it was the party weekend. <laughs> Who could forget the cake, the costumes... Actually, I was pretty zonked. I had to have a big nana nap on Saturday afternoon. I think I slept for about three hours. Really? You party too hard. Ah, oh, well, it was an early start for me. I got up at 3.30 to get to my park run. How, how late did you get to sleep? Well, I had a bit. How late did I get to sleep or how late did I have to leave to get to park run? No, I want to know how, how long you slept. I probably had a good eight hours. <laughs> well, there you go. So you beat me by about three and a half, which is where I made it up in my afternoon nap. So we're all even, Stevens. So where did you party on Saturday? So I was partying at Maribyrnong. They celebrated their second anniversary in style, smashing their attendance record. And every time I visit there, weather is perfect. Even though we're still in the end of winter, we had a cracking day in Melbourne. Blue skies... Nice, cool temperature. Oh, you're just describing all of winter in Queensland to me. <laughs> no, it's a bit like last week when you and said they had two glorious weeks of... Of summer in Canada, yeah. So did they... Course attendance record, so what were the numbers then? We were in the 250s, which is, nice. which is good. Yeah, it's a good... You know, we've been talking about this perfect... Um, storm of numbers for a good parkrun event all all parkrun events are good but 250 at maribyrnong was was very manageable it was good there was lots of interaction lots of cheering they did that um last man standing thing oh i love that yeah yeah it works if everyone gets into it and it's, yes. it's really good if they can stick around for the end and uh yeah i think it just works really well it's exciting to run up a finish shoot and get cheered. It is. You know what I, I also discovered on Saturday is that the warm-up is really important. I might start to do a warm-up. Do you do a warm-up? Um, isn't that the first two and a half kilometres of a park run? Well, that, that's how I've been training it up until now. But Okay, so now you're going to be, be a serious park runner, are you? Yeah, this is the new Scott. You're getting serious. I'm getting very oh. serious. I'm going to do a warm-up on Saturday. And and how are you going to do that? What what will that consist of? Well, I'm I'm told two k, 
Seriously, two. 2K gets everything moving, gets the body ready for running. Oh, that... Okay, that sounds really excessive to me. Can't you just, like, run till you're almost out of sight of, like, the car park and then run back or something? Do you actually have to break a sweat in the warm-up to be warm? Yeah, well, I might start with that. I think I don't... No, I don't think you do break a sweat. I think it's just getting ready to run. But see, all those people that are warming up, they're missing out all the pre-park run socialising. Unless you can find a warm-up buddy to go with you at your pace. I'm more serious now. Oh, okay, so it's not about the (laughs) socialising. This is serious, Scott. Well, I look forward to hearing how your first warm-up goes and, and whether or not it has any impact on your actual time or the way you feel when you're running the next five of your seven kilometres on Saturday. Now, how was Harvey Bay for you? Harvey Bay was magic, as it's always magic. Um, They had a really good theme. They just went, fancy dress, you know? Just get dressed up in whatever whatever costume you got in cupboard. It doesn't matter. And they had a great response from that. We had stormtroopers. We had a whole bunch of bat people. We had a tea bag. There was a lady dressed as a tea bag. Oh, what else did we have? There was, uh, there was a cat in a hat. Kirsty, who's the event director, she was cat in the hat. Did you ask the lady about the tea bag? The inspiration for the tea bag? She just loves I, tea. I didn't ask her. She's too fast for me, and she finished way ahead, and I, I couldn't find her at the finish. So, I I wanted to because that I thought was priceless. Where, where, where does somebody get inspiration to be a tea bag? I don't know. <laughs> but it was a great costume. <laughs> so, yeah. No, but it was, it was a good morning. And we had a really lovely... Um, afterwards, everyone pulled out picnic blankets and just spread out on the grass. And some people had bought some food to have for breakfast. And it was just a really nice, casual... You know, none of this running off to a cafe and everybody's paying for food. It was just everybody brought their own little sprawl and we sat in the sunshine and enjoyed each other's company and it was really nice. Well, mm. did they have a big crowd? Did they get a good turnout? Yeah, I, I came in 173, so I don't think we quite had 200, but it wasn't far off. So it was, a yeah, it was well attended, that's for sure. Well, I'll let you in on a secret. We've got Ian Hay coming up later in the pod, but I don't want to steal his thunder, but a new record was broken over the weekend. A global record. More people went to parkrun this weekend than ever have before. Do you think it might have something to do with the fact that Sweden joined the parkrun family on the weekend? They would have contributed, no doubt. 91 Swedish runners and walkers showed up for their first event. Not to mention the fact that Canada's still on board and growing every week, no doubt. But I think as we get back into the Aussie spring, those numbers are going to start spiralling again in the upwards direction. Yeah, and don't forget South Africa. South Africa's still massive numbers. And you're right, as Australia and South Africa come into summer, whew, look out.
It was a big party weekend, just gone for park run. One of those places who was celebrating an anniversary was Mount Clarence in Western Australia. And joining us now on the podcast, we have their distinguished event director, Bill Irving. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. It's, um, it's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about the party. How did you celebrate on Saturday? Um, we were very low-key this year. We discussed amongst the uh, event directors as to whether we would um, want to have uh, a dress-up or just to come and eat cake. And we decided in the end that just turning up and eating cake was probably the best option. I mean, who doesn't want to run for cake? Exactly. And so we had a sort of very low-key event. Um, we had a few visitors from um, out and about. We had... Our esteemed territory director, Maddie Trent, come over from Geograph Bay. And um, the weather played nice for us, which was um, always wonderful. We did have um, threats of like multiple millimetres of rain, but it stayed away for at least the event, which was lovely. So now, Bill, your event is one of the few in Australia that has the word mount in its title. Can you tell us a little bit about your course and whether or not that mount equates to scary hills? Yeah, it does, Lee. Um, part of my run brief um, every time I give it is um, I do ask people, have they heard whether or not we have hills? And usually the answer is a look of sort of trepidation and they sort of shyly nod their heads and go, yes. Um, we've, um, we're in the top five of the hilliest in Australia. So I think over the course, we have approximately 110 to 120 metres of elevation. Uh, we start at sea level and the first kilometre is all uphill. And then uh, we go down and up and sort of shuffle along. And it's, a two, it's, it's an out and back. So we go out about halfway, turn around and come back the way we came. Um, thankfully, the last kilometre is all downhill and you can put the foot down and come screaming down the hill and... Um, we are a seaside run, so we have a wonderful view out over um, Princess Royal Harbour and over King George Sound. Um, for those who ha don't really know much about Albany, we're definitely on the south coast of Western Australia. We get uh, quite often full-blown um, winter storms come through, uh, but this time of the year we also have uh, the whale-watching season as well, and um, fortunately last year we could see a lot of whales although this year they haven't really played the game and come in close um, but we are we do live up to the mount in the mount clarence and am i correct in assuming you finish on the beach yes we do so we we chuck a right turn with about 70 meters to go and then finish up on the beach so that's just a one of these precaution things that event directors lay awake at night sort of fearing where um people will run into other people and so the idea was to get um, as many people off the path as I could and the beach seemed the logical point to, to stop them off. And just to add in a little bit more difficulty to the 120 metres of elevation that we have across the course is to make people run across sand for the last 50 metres. Yeah. But this also means you can really cannon down that last kilometre downhill and not worry about falling over, just smash into the sand. Well... Yeah, I think there is a few photos of me um, laying on the sand at the end of it after I've just given myself a fair hammering coming down the hill. Um, but there's many sort of nuances over the whole course. Um, there are parts where it sort of gets 
progressively steeper um, over some of the hills. We run over boardwalk and over a normal pathway, I guess, sort of an asphalt pathway, and uh, we run past a couple of statues. Um, Mustafa Ataturk, who's um, the founder of modern Turkey, because the Anzacs left from Albany. When the Anzacs left from Albany, um, the last place that they saw was part of the course that we now run on. And so we have a real connection to to Turkey and to Ataturk and the channel that we run up past, which is the channel into the Albany port, uh, is actually named Ataturk Channel as well. And so there are really a number of um, very interesting sort of scenic points along the course and it's quite easy to get distracted and just go, oh, look, there's something out there and completely forget about running for 30 seconds or so. And I think that's probably one of the unique parts about our course is just um, exactly how scenic it is. You're selling it really well to me. I like the idea of a challenging course. Um, I like the idea of a hill. Flat courses can be boring. You've got nothing to take your mind off. <laughs> well, when I was initially setting the course out or trying to decide on an area to run parkrun um, back in 2014, there was, in the back of my mind, this course was always the elephant in the room. It was very much a perfect five kilometer stretch if you went out and back the only problem was the hills all of the previous courses that i'd run uh, claysbrook bunbury uh, even pioneer to an extent uh, were relatively flat and there's not very many hilly courses in the country i guess and so i was always looking for a flat stretch of land to um, put the course on Unfortunately, nothing really fit. And so in the end, I decided, okay, I'll personally run the course and see if it's worth the effort. And then I went up and over and came back and instantly, in my mind, I knew it was um, the perfect place to have an event. I love the concept of the last kilometre being all downhill. So I think it completely pays off the fact that you have to run uphill for one kilometre to start with. Because, yeah, you can cane it down the end. But have you had anybody just completely eat sand because they, they hit it at such a velocity that they couldn't slow down? Um, no, thankfully, we've actually got, um, I guess, in um, racing car terms, we've almost got a chicane that slows people down. So as we come down off the last kilometre, we've got a small little uh, roadway that we have to sort of throw an S into. And so that's almost a chicane. So that slows people down before they hit the beach. Now, I haven't seen anyone spear over just yet. And in my heart, I'm sort of hoping that no one does. But I think that that effective speed break in there or that chicane in there sort of um, removes the the risk, I guess, or the, the problem of someone spearing over and eating sand. And the sand down there is not actually overly soft either. So um, if they're coming looking for, you know, the the soft white sand and something to, to land on, they might be a little bit disappointed. Now, Albany is not a big town, is it, Bill? And and it's fair to say you're a bit of, you're a fairly remote event in terms of park run. How are you finding that experience? Being a smaller town and being away from other park runs, has the town embraced park run? Uh, I was actually musing on this today um, when I wrote my run report for the event just gone. Um, we average roughly 
40 people per week in a town that's about 30,000 people. Um, we get really fantastic support from the local athletics club um, who have really embraced the parkrun concept and often they're sort of dragging people along that they know to parkrun itself and then from parkrun there's been people who've fed back out into the athletics community, which I think is very much um, what they, you know, what parkrun is all about. Um, but we are a very small very local and unique event. I think we're about two hours away from our nearest parkrun, which is over in Manjimup, which itself is another very small, very local event. And so we probably do have a few quirks that the smaller events do have. But knowing everybody by name and being able to encourage just about every single person out on course by name is a, a wonderful experience to have and having run in events in park runs in Perth where there's been 200 people, 250 people, I think um, being able to come to a small event and be embraced as a local is um, very rewarding. The, the sense of community has been um, incredible within park run. Uh, it's, I'm not sure what it's like on the eastern states but Western Australia does have a very, very tight-knit um, parkrun community every event supports every other event and um, parkrun tourism is very much alive and, and well in western australia in fact um, we recently or the event just gone we had a, a lady come down who um, got her statesman title and so um, just being able to go to other events and to say oh here's bill it's nice to see you. Welcome to our event. Um, and we'll, you know, discuss ideas and things like that as well. But there's also, um, for me personally, um, Parkrun's been there to uh, keep me focused um, when things are down, um, to give me um, support in the times when I've probably not been travelling as well mentally as I probably could have been. And so you talk about being down there. You're a sufferer. Do we call you sufferers of bipolar or is it just part of who you are? Um, we prefer to be, I guess, mentioned as people who have bipolar. Um, I know there are certainly people who struggle with um, this illness and a lot of them would think of themselves as suffering, but um, it, I guess it's just part and parcel of, of who we are. So what about days when you're struggling and having a bad day and maybe you've got to be run director? Is that a challenge for you or is that something that um, you look forward to? There are times, certainly, when it's um, a struggle to get out of bed, even on days when I'm a run director. But at the same time, knowing that there are these people that will be there and people that take such joy out of just turning up for a simple 5K run on a Saturday morning is enough to get me out of bed. And I always feel uplifted and rewarded um, at times when I have felt down uh, to go and to give to people for park run and on days when I am running and I'm feeling quite down and quite flat just to have people uh, who are there who you know give you a high five on the course or you know give you a clap when you cross the line and those sorts of things can really really help uh, for someone who is um, struggling with um, mental health issues. Bill we've we've heard a lot of stories about how park run has helped people with mental health 
uh, issues and sufferers of depression and things like that. I'm not personally very familiar with the specifics um, around bipolar. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit for us and for our listeners who might not be familiar with it also? Absolutely. Um, bipolar disease used to be referred to as um, manic depression. It's usually characterised by periods of what they refer to mania or hypomania where um, people are, they're very energised, um, they're verbally quite proficient, I guess, in a sense. But it it's also coincides with a lot of risky behaviour and can deteriorate to the sense of um, physical harming, physically harming themselves. There is, on the flip side of that, um, the depressive episodes as well. There are two types. There's uh, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 is what is traditionally seen as bipolar with extended manic periods and um, depressive periods as well. Uh, myself, I'm a type 2, which is more characterised with extended depressive periods and little spikes of mania that last only about 24 to 48 hours. But they can be incredibly debilitating at the same time. And what exactly is involved in the mania? Uh, it depends on person to person. Um, for me personally, there is um, an increase in risk-taking behaviour. I can at times be financially irresponsible, I think is um, a good way to describe it. My wife uh, does have a very strong hold on the credit card. But um, it can also be associated with aggressive behaviour, sort of angry behaviour as well. It, it really does depend on each person. So you say you can be financially irresponsible. Does that sort of extend as well, and this is possibly a little bit less serious, but to registering for things like ultramarathons, do you find that you might, in those periods of time, commit to things that otherwise you might not? Uh, yes, that is actually a, a big issue for me as well. So um, one of the reasons I got involved in my first ultramarathon was because um, of... I guess, rising fear of missing out and also sort of a rising uh, level of mania as well. And I just went, oh, look, shiny and, and bought it as well. So shoes and gear can probably be another one of those issues where I probably need to be kept in check. Thankfully, at this point, I've sort of um, discovered N-1 is the uh, appropriate level of shoes that one needs to have, where N being what will end in divorce minus <laughs> the one shoe. <laughs> and is that a quantifiable number <laughs> or is that something that your wife pretty much lets you know um it, it has been trial and error i think at the point so <laughs> <laughs> i love her dearly she has looked after me well oh well you're obviously very lucky to have her the other side of that is when whenever my mates are feeling down bill i'll just tell them you know go for a run you know clear their head does that help for you? My wife will actually tell me, you're looking down, you're looking average, I guess, um, and she will send me out for a run. Or uh, recently, because I've been injured, she'll send me out for a ride on the bike. And just getting out and getting in the air and being able to um, clear your head, I guess, in a sense, is, um, is always beneficial to a lot of people. I think even a simple one-kilometre run around the block is often enough to just remove yourself enough from where you are mentally and to be able to give you a new perspective and to, to refocus and to, to go ahead. 
Good for hiccups too. If you've got hiccups, go for a run. It has to be about 500 metres to a K. Cures hiccups. Well, I'm, I'll have to check up on that one. I thought as a nurse you'd back me up on that, Bill. Um, unless it is um, evidence-based, I can't confirm or deny. I have evidence that to cure hiccups, all you need to do is put your tongue on the roof of your mouth and think of a pink unicorn. Now, see, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> have you tried it? I've researched this and all my subjects, it's worked. <laughs> so that's scientific evidence for you right there. Submit it to a peer review journal and I think we'll, um, we'll work out how that goes from there. <laughs> that sounds like work, peer review. <laughs> Bill, you're also a member of a pretty wonderful running club. Have you found being a Zoolander has added an extra dimension to your life? I think being a Zoolander is almost on par with being a Parkrun event director. It has enriched my life no end, um, knowing that there are people out there who are ridiculously um, good at running is always an incentive and also for those people who aren't quite sure why they're there but they're going to give it their best shot anyway, um, really sort of speaks of the, the Parkrun ethos and also of the, the Zoolander ethos as well. I, I think you say that quite nicely. Whenever somebody tells me that they they can run good, I say, well, some days you're the teacher, some days you're the student. That's how it goes when you're a Zoolander. Absolutely. There is always a grasshopper to mentor in, in the Zoolander. We almost say it every week. Our list of park runs to do is getting longer and longer. I'm really intrigued by Mount Clarence. I, I realise it's a bit of a journey to get there, but... It sounds like it's well worth it. So thanks for sharing your story and uh, letting all the adventurers know about your beautiful park run. Thank you very much, Scott and Mel. It's been an absolute pleasure and you are welcome anytime. Just bring cake. If you were thinking to yourself, it's been months since we've heard from Ian Hay, you would be correct. Because it has been. But we're going to correct that right now because welcome to the podcast. Ian Hay for our favourite segment, Facts in a Haystack. Thanks, Scott. Good to be back. It, um, that time goes way too fast. Well, you've been away a long time, which must mean you've got heaps and heaps of stats for us. Hit us with something. Yes, that's right. Lots and lots. Now, before before I start, I do have one thing that I have to raise. I've got a bit of a, a beef to raise with you, Scott. Um I was going for a run yesterday. I was listening to last week's podcast and where you guys were talking about the uh, the James Bond. Now, I just have to say, you didn't, you don't watch State of Origin and you don't watch Bond. <laughs> I was getting pretty upset there, Scotty. <laughs> what are you suggesting, Ian? Well, I'll, you, you saved it a bit. I was good to hear about the Bond, so you've, you've covered off the Bond, so I think you saved yourself there, so that, that sort of covered it. We might save this for another podcast because I can go into an argument on James Bond with anyone any day of the week. <laughs> Why that's absolute. I'm not sure he'll win because he's never seen any James Bond, but <laughs> he could certainly have an argument about it. That's right, exactly. 
Cool. So stats. Now, I was also listening, and um, you guys were talking about um, EDs a bit. So it came up with uh, all the D's, EDs come up and coming up and visiting at the uh, Sunshine Coast last week for the Sunny Coast's Marathon. Um, so I thought I'd cover off a little bit of stats around EDs and and um, and travelling. So um, our adventure, our ED adventurers, I guess. I thought I'd uh, do a bit of a breakdown of our EDs and just see what they've been getting up to around the country because um, they're usually pretty flat-out running events and, and getting um, getting a lot done there. So can they still get out and about a bit was my question. Um, and for those of you who know um, all the, the regulars within Parkrun, I don't think it'll come as any huge surprise who um, comes out on the top of the list here. Um, so I grabbed out some stats on who's run the most number of unique events, so individual events across all of Australia. Um, and I don't think it'll be any surprise that Alan and Rosen Rose were at the top of that list, um, sitting on 74 events across Australia. Um, that was as of last week, so I assume that's still correct. Um, and Fiona Edmonds from Logan came in um, third on that list, so she was doing really, really well. So um, I'd also thought I'd have a quick look and see who our speediest. Um, I know it's not a race, but it's always cool just to see how fast some of our uh, event directors are out there. And uh, Mr. Dave Robertson comes in at number one, 16 minutes 50 as a Ooh. PB, which is very, very impressive. That is very quick. Mm-hmm. Smoking it. Uh, and Neil Bath from Rocks um, Riverside up in Brisbane here comes in at 17.24 as a second. So very impressive times from those guys. Adrian Royce must be quite up there too. He's a fast runner. He certainly is. He's at number five. He's um, is, There's only a, there's literally a couple of seconds between um, fourth and fifth. So it all gets very, very close towards that top end. I think what Scotty wants to know, Ian, is what does he have to aim for to be in the top 10? So what is the time of the slowest of the 10th person? So we've we got a ballpark. <laughs> 18 minutes and 33 seconds. Whew, that's fast. I'm glad that's I'm not an AD pace, anymore. Yep. <laughs> well, maybe we need to find out who the fastest TD is. I actually was going to break it down by um, TD. I just ran out of time this afternoon, so that would have been cool to break it down as well. I would totally be in the top 10 for that because there aren't 10 female territory directors. So we've got to make our own clubs for these sorts of things because that's how you get in the top. Yeah, can't do top 10. We'll, uh, we'll work the numbers a bit so we could come up with another grouping. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, yeah, very, very impressive times from these um, from these EDs. And um, very cool to see you. <laughs> now, Ian, we okay. also had some questions from a couple of our listeners that we fired yes. off at you. Have you got some answers for our mate Peter and Simon? I certainly do. And they were excellent questions. They uh, really brought up some interesting stats. So I'm hoping um, everyone else will find it just as interesting as me. Um, the first one that I brought up was who are the youngest and oldest park runners to hold a course record in Australia? Now, just uh, two caveats with this. Um, I could only pull it up based on um, age categories, so I, I don't have visibility of actual age, but fortunately the stats turned out really, really easily. Um, and it's current course records I can only look at, so um, I'm not sure if they were um, anyone younger at a, a previous stage or anything. Uh, but currently Samuel, hopefully I pronounced it right, Samuel Soper um, is a uh, junior 11 to 14 and he holds the record at Narrabri of 19 minutes and 12 seconds. So he's our youngest in Australia at the moment, which is, once again, for an 11.14, running 19.12. That is just impressive. 
Yeah, we've got some fast runners uh, in that age bracket too, but they don't own the course records. So, mm, yep. So very cool that someone at that age can have a uh, can have a course record. I love seeing that. Um, and I also looked at the uh, oldest, and I don't know if uh, this person will like me putting them in the bracket of the oldest, but um, it's it's the course record. So Neil Bath is um, sitting at the oldest. He's the oldest holding the course record at Pittsworth in 1758. So once again, still an absolutely cracking pace as well. So Far out. Age has got nothing to do with that one. Doesn't slow you down at all. So, well, so yep, What age so that, bracket that is Neil Bath in? Sorry, Neil. <laughs> 50 to 54, so he's, he's still a young'un. Yeah, he is. A fast young'un. Yes, a very fast young'un. Uh, so, yeah, well done to those two. That's uh, very cool to see. Um, next question. Uh, which park one has had the most, the most events without breaking their attendance record? Now, this one challenged my uh, stats ability to be able to uh, pull out uh, event streaks, so to speak. So... Um, this one was interesting, and it may not be to who, whoever went to the launch of this one, uh, but Blackbutt is sitting at the top with a uh, record 160 weeks since they've broken their um, their streak. Now, they had a launch. They had a massive launch out of Blackbutt. I'm trying to remember exactly what the numbers were of that one, um, but it was huge, and they are nowhere near it. At the mo- they're not getting anywhere near it again, so... So it's not just the longest streak, it's just that they have never matched their open day record. That's right, yeah. Well, they had 538 on their launch, just brought up their page, um, and they still have, uh, they sort of average around the, between the 100, between 100 and 200 runners by the looks of it. So to try and beat 500, it must have been a huge number coming out, went out there for the uh, launch. Sounds like the whole region of runners. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number two was uh, Southbank at 144. Um, once, uh, so their last last time they've they've held that streak since uh, late 2013. I think once again they had an anniversary where they had 900 odd people come along to their anniversary, and they haven't broken that since. And probably don't want to break that again because that's quite huge. Yeah, but wasn't it 998? So they were just two runners off the the magic thousand. So I, I would still be tempted to try that again. Gareth might disagree with us. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be. Uh, I can't even imagine handling it that many. That'd be huge. Anders, I'm involved in an event that had a massive launch, and it's a kind of a little bit deflating when you have these massive launches because you know you're never going to get near an attendance record again. Yeah, and it means you you just you, you're not going to be, and it's it is so cool. It is very cool to be able to beat your record. Um, it is a nice feeling to be able to do. So I know out at Stones Corner, we broke it for the first time beginning this year. Um, we broke it multiple times again and again. It was quite exciting, so it is, it is fun to beat that. Yeah, it's like validation that you're growing and you're doing a good job. But mm. when you have a massive launch, I feel for the guys at Blackbutt that they're never going to be able yeah. to get excited about breaking their record. Not for a few yeah. more years anyway. Yeah, to reach that 500 again would be a tough tough feat. So. But yes, uh, the other one was uh, Bunya, so they've um, they've held their streak for 130 for 138 events. Uh, once again, that was late 2013. So um, yeah, I, I just found those streaks quite interesting. So. Um, and all of those, so the top 10, um, they're all still within their streak now. So um, that's as of this week, they're still holding those streaks. So. Maybe we need to organise some kind of mass parkrun adventurer streak 
record-breaking record attempt. Yes, exactly. With the blessing of the events, of course. <laughs> you just turn up. I think uh, Black Button South Bank would uh, appreciate that. The last one, um, are there park runs where 50 club or 100 club is the majority of park runners um, or the opposite, so very few club members? So um, once again... Um, Pittsworth. Yes, Should I on, buzz in? Yes, you did buzz <laughs> in correctly, nicely. Uh, <laughs> Pittsworth, Bunbury and Gatton, once again, all at the top. So, yeah, uh, and I did look at the, the 100 clubs. Um, so Surface Paradise is sitting at the top with uh, 27%. Um, 100 clubs. So once again, I think it's the events that have been running a bit longer um, and have those sort of people. And the one that uh, was sitting by itself uh, was was uh, Rockhampton. Uh, so they're at the other end of the scale. They had 136 runners um, this week and none of those are 50 clubs or 100 clubs. That's because Rocky's only, what, four or five months old? Yeah, that's right. So And, and they are quite geographically distanced from their next closest park run so unless somebody has moved then or, or a bunch of people have moved en masse from another park run area it's not likely that they'll have a lot of 50 clubbers for a while spot on but but like you said it shows that it shows the commitment of those local groups that you've got those same people that are week in week out just coming and, and just love it so much which is very cool to see we had some help from our listeners. So once again, thanks, Peter and Simon, for sending those questions in for Ian. Ian, we'll try not to make it so, so long between visits next time. Exactly. And if, if anyone's got any more questions, then um, certainly throw them this way because uh, I really enjoy doing that. It uh, makes it easier than trying to think up something myself too. <laughs> well, the gauntlet's out there now. <laughs> Anything could come this way now. I'm prepared. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for coming on. Excellent. Thanks, guys. We have got heaps and heaps of social adventuring to get through this week, so let's crack on. Facebook is where it starts. Liv Coop, our very first ED guest, had so much fun volunteering at Cabalabar Park Run this morning. You got it wrong, Scotty. Cabalabar? No. The V word. Volunteering? Yes, that's better. You said volunteering. Anyway, if you haven't volunteered at another event yet, I would highly recommend it. Now, this is something you've also done, correct, Mel? Volunteering? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got, I've volunteered at almost, yeah, 11 or 12 events, I think. Have you volunteered RD? I have volunteered RD'd, yes. I loved it. It was Christmas Day. It was really fun. Did you get really nervous? It was the only time in my life where I've really got nervous, I think. Were you nervous that you'd get the course wrong, or, or what, why were you nervous? I've got no idea. I think it was just I was nervous because I was in an unfamiliar environment. But it's good to see that you and Liv loved it, and I've learned to love it. Well, that's good. <laughs> I don't have any problems getting up in front of any park runners anywhere, I have come to realise. so. Melissa Ellis was also getting her volunteer on at Warrigal Park Run, where they celebrated yet another magic 50th milestone. And she commented that it's a great little community out at Warrigal. Peter Polman sent us a video, back in the video world. Um, his greetings from the final star we needed to complete the Southern Cross 
circuit, Pittsworth Park Run. The trick in the video though, is that we continued our adventure onto the Japanese gardens in Toowoomba. That looked very pretty. And congratulations to all the peas who made it to becoming stargazers when they finished their final star in the Southern Cross circuit. Linda Coombs shared a post from Warwick Parkrun and said, in case you were planning on touring to Warwick, sorry, we are flooded. Come see us next week for our birthday. But in the meantime, if you're coming west, consider checking out one of the other Southern Cross Circuit park runs. I do love how they've got the circuit going on and they promote each other down there. Mark Caldercott was looking forward to finally gaining his statesman status this Saturday at Portland, but he is not looking forward to the 832k drive. That's commitment, Mark. I look forward to seeing the pictures. Brendan Scholarly also said last week, another great episode, guys. Thank you both. Why, thank you, Mr. Scholarly. And he just wanted to clarify the pronunciation of Oladola. You know what? He gave us a video which showed us the pronunciation, and I'm still pretty sure I got it wrong. Here it is now. Oladola. That's how you say it. (laughs) Thanks, Scotty. I'll manage to forget that again by next week. Over to Instagram, we had Mr. Dave Robbo fresh back from Rio, which we're allowed to say now because it's not the 24th of August or before anymore. And he said at the launch and stand by it, Dubbo Park Run is pretty much the perfect park run layout and mix of terrains. Defa must do, especially on Dubbo Stampede weekend. Yes, because they had a powwow at Dubbo over the weekend. They did, the final one for 2016. Will be 1981 from our first park run together, March 2014, through to yesterday. I have done, as in Will, has done 112 park runs and April has done 50 on her feet. Together we have volunteered 18 times. Well done, April. And another great photo of her and Penny. And Evans High last week said... The ERC was in beast mode today in their interval session. Look out at the Ponds Park Run. Evan's Run Club is ready for you. So that that was a message midweek. And then on the weekend, they shared congratulations to all of the Evan's Run Clubbers who ran their first 5K event at the Ponds Park Run today. And thank you to everyone who came along to support. Some of you may remember the Evans High girls who were part of the Run Beyond project and their teacher, Amanda, who was going to start the ERC, the Evans Run Club, after the cohort finished with their major event, but before the new cohort were going to happen next year. And it looks like they are flying and they've got heaps and heaps of students involved. So that is awesome to see. Keep it up, guys. Also on Instagram, Beaker Design gave us a shout-out. We gave them a shout-out last week, and we are going to get in touch. We're going to collaborate on something super awesome. Stay tuned for that. Girl 19 they were celebrating their fourth birthday down at Baliang Sanctuary, so they were in party mood for party weekend last weekend. Love the 2-2, Girl 19 and Phil Ackland said, looks like a great spot for a bit of parkrun adventuring to me at Warrnambool Parkrun. Warrnambool hasn't launched yet, so that's a sneaky preview. Looks pretty cool. And wrapping up on Instagram, we had Jen P, 
who loves running with her friends at Bendigo Park Run. Always fun, but she was also adding 5k to her Run India total. Over to our favourite social media Twitter, Mike Bristow shared a pretty disturbing article with us this week. JK Rowling condemns voluntourism. Parkrun adventuring will never be the same. I did read the article. Fortunately, the voluntourism that JK Rowling is referring to is not of the parkrun variety. Somebody has pilfered the term that we have coined on this podcast and are using it indiscriminately to refer to people who are going to volunteer overseas in orphanages. Oh, that's not as nice as the way we use it. It's not. It's no. And and unfortunately, the people are selling it as... Um, and I would agree with J.K. Rowling in, in her stance in condemning it. They're, they're selling volunteering in these orphanages as like a lifestyle experience and something that will look good on their CV. It's, it's pretty disgusting, actually. Well, let's bring the mood up a little bit. Thanks to George Sullivan. First time listening to the Parkrun Adventurers informative and entertaining goes some way to fill the void left by the parkrun show great job i think he was referring to us mel are you sure he wasn't listening <laughs> yeah that those are the words that make me think he might have been listening to somebody else <laughs> well this week we've been informative i gave you the stats early on so that's me ticked off there you're always entertaining so that's it thanks george and Paul Kitching said, coffee in the sun after parkrun. Another well-balanced morning. Love to see it. Coffee after parkrun. It's one of the staples for so many parkrunners. Now, Twitter may be your favourite social media. Is Strava considered social media? I think it depends on how you use it. It could be. Well, for this next three weeks, we're going to claim it. Because... The Strava Art Competition was launched. We've announced the design you have to try and create. We've announced one of the prizes in option A. Remember option P, everyone, if you win this competition. Mystery prize of undisclosed value. Did we mention last week that the undisclosed value could be 50 cents? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if we mentioned that. Or it, it could be $10, but it could also be 50 cents. That's why you don't disclose it. Exactly. Should we reveal the next part of option A? Oh, oh, I think we should. Can I? May I? The second prize for option A, in addition to the one-of-a-kind costume accessory personally crafted by moi, is a one-of-a-kind certificate personally designed and created by Scotty, creator of other such certificates as Parkrunner of the Month, the Certificate of Awesomeness, and the Points Prize Medals. Woo! Who doesn't want one of those? Yeah, those Points Prize Medals, they're going to be collector's items because they're gonski. Ah, limited edition. But not even just that. This this one-of-a-kind certificate. So we, we need to get some more information, Scotty. Is it going to be a certificate that is saying that they're the winner of this prize or is it going to be a certificate if they, you know, need a certificate for their own purposes to say so-and-so was was a winner of something? I think we can work with the winner on this one. I think we might okay. leave it up to them. Okay. 
I'm pretty I versatile. Like <laughs> Excellent. Who who wouldn't choose option A over option P? Seriously. So we still have two more prizes to announce in option A. But we're very excited that everyone is getting on board and getting excited about this competition. We have actually already received an entry, which was pretty interesting. We did tell people to be creative and to submit anything. Because you know what? As near or far from the actual image it's supposed to be replicating that it is, that first entry is legitimately coming first at the moment. So... Yeah, don't give up, people. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think you're still in the show with the show. And you've got a couple of weeks to do it, but if I were you, I would get in soon so you can start honing and perfecting your Strava art. It looks a lot easier than it actually is. And we should also say not everyone who listens to the pod is on Facebook. So we want you to recreate an image of the Parkrun logo, the tree logo. Who's not on Facebook? Do you really think we've got listeners that aren't on Facebook? I hope so. Maybe one or two. Well, guys, if you're not on Facebook and you're listening to this podcast and you want to see the image, drop us a line at parkrunadventurers at gmail.com and we will email you a copy of the image. Or you could get onto Facebook. (laughs) You could get onto Facebook, like our Facebook page, and it's right there. And did we mention last week, Scotty, that there's also a prize for the entry that makes us laugh the most? I don't think we did, because we haven't got a prize for that. But we can, we can make up a prize for that. I, I want people to submit things without any inhibitions. It doesn't matter what it looks like, if, even if it does not resemble the image at all. I still want to see every attempt. It could morph into whatever. Now, there were no launches on the board for this week, Scotty, but there's a few places we might be able to find cake. Where are they? Blue Gum Hills, second anniversary. Broad Beach Waters, second anniversary. Lockheel, first anniversary. Warner's Lakes. Warner Lakers. Somebody, (laughs) this, I literally have copied this straight from the newsletter. I can't be held responsible when there's typos. But Warner's Lakes is... No, it's Warner Lakes. It's in Queensland. And Warwick. They've been around for three years and they're having a party on Saturday. So we've got a few options in Queensland this weekend. And one in New South Wales and one in South Australia. You guys should have launched one in Victoria this week, so next year you could have had an anniversary. Well, next year. I'll make sure we get something up. Thanks for joining me on the podcast this week, Scotty. It was good fun. Always fun. Mel, thank you. Just say done. And then we're done. Done.